New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. Church, say amen again. Am I on? Testing, testing, one, two. Yeah, I'm hot here. Okay, yeah, we're on. Okay, good deal. Well, God is good, amen? Thank you guys for coming out today and get a chance to share with us in God's word and all the good stuff God is doing. Hope and pray you had a good week. As my saying always goes, if you didn't, it's over. You can start your new one next week, by the grace of God. Amen? For God is good. I know there's a lot of things going on in the world today, and there's a lot of things that is happening and around us and with us, and the most important thing is we've got to continue to uh, keep, um, keep our eyes and on the right things and so we can be able to make good decisions by the grace of God. God does not want us to be losers. He wants us to be winners in everything that we do. It seems like I'm going in and out. Am I out? Okay. But by the grace of God and everything, so we just want to continue to uh, keep our focus on God. This morning, we want to share with you about our ability to see spiritually. This here is really a challenging area for a lot of people, especially believers. And those that are saved and unsaved. Because uh, uh, basically, many times we live based upon how we see things, how we think about things, how we view things or whatever. And basically, our perception in life. And if, if, if our perception in life is not really good, it causes us really many times not to make good decisions. But our perspective in life is positive and uplifting and very encouraging. Most of the time, we can make some very good decisions by the grace of God. This holds true for both non-Christians as well as Christians as well. So you want to be able to be able to see, not only see in the physical, but you want to be able to see in the natural. God has given us two ways of seeing life. We can look at it from the natural standpoint of view. Or we can look at it from the spiritual standpoint of view. Now, you and I know that we should be looking at life from the what? Because we are now in the kingdom of God. So, therefore, we should look at things different. Um, before we get started, let us pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you're teaching us and the things you're going to share with us today. And we pray, God, our eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. We pray, God, you show us some things and teach us some things. That's going to cause us to fall more in love with you in Jesus' name. And we thank you for that right now. And we just give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We just thank God for what he's doing. Now, um, the most important thing is being able to see the right things. In the book of um, 2 Corinthians, um, if you would, um, Daphne, I, I gave it to you in the NIV, but if you would, Place that um, in the King James Version, if you will. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. 418. This right here is a real powerful scripture once you really get a, really get a hold of it by the grace of God. Because, see, the enemy likes to work in the natural. He likes to show you things in the natural. And if you are training and discipline yourself to always to be looking at things in the natural, it's very easy for you to get tripped up. Look at your neighbors and get tripped up. And you don't want to do that. It says here, so while we look not at the things which are seen, talking about believers here now, he said, but at the things which are what? Not seen. For the things which are seen, they are what? Temporal. The word temporal means they're subject to change. In other words, that don't mean they're going to stay in place. So everything you see that is that's physically, 
that you can see physically with the eye, it's only going to be there temporarily. It's not going to stay there permanent by the grace of God. And then he goes on to say, he said this. He said, but the things which are not seen, they are eternal. So, so that means you got two ways of looking at things. And now we can look at it from the natural or you can look at it from the spiritual. Now, the thing about us as believers, as you're going down into this same chapter, chapter 5, I believe in chapter and verse 7, it says this. We walk by what? Faith. Faith and not by sight. So we don't make our decision based upon what we see. We make our decision based upon the spirit of God because we are being spirit led and not head led. And so many people are being head led. That's why they all jacked up in this crazy world out here. Because this world right here, right now, that you see right now is, is changing. Look at your neighbors that changing. I don't care what it looks like right now. It is changing. Because God is still not going to let all this crazy stuff that goes on, whatever, continue to go on by the grace of God. Things are going to change, so get ready for the change. So if you are caught up in it, I'm telling you now, you need to put your little car in reverse and back out of it. Because you're not going to be able to stay in it. Now, if you want to stay in it, you can, but I'm telling you, you're not going to like the consequences you're going to get out of it. And by the grace of God. And God is so amazing. And, you know, I was sitting there this morning. I was sitting there doing some meditating and doing some thinking. And, um, and God sort of dropped this in my spirit. I just want to, this is a good nugget here. This is a good nugget. You want to write this one down. If you was not born with it, you don't have to live with it. Are you with me? If you were not born with it, regardless of whatever physical condition it is, whatever physical condition it may be, regardless of how long you deal with it, how long you've been dealing with it, you don't have to live with it by the grace of God. You are an overcomer by the grace of God. You can overcome it. It does not matter. Look at your neighbor and say, it does not matter what man say. But what's important is what God says. What God says is important. That's paramount to anything that you may do by the grace of God. Now, let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18 in the NIV. It says, so we fix our eyes. Look at your neighbor and say, fix. And that way you place your eyes on the things you want to see. And you're like zeroing in on the target. You don't just shoot at the target. You zero in on the target you want to hit. Because you just shoot at anything, you're not going to hit it. Well, you're going to hit something, but it's not going to be what you want. But if you want to hit your target, you need to be able to zero in on what you want to hit by the grace of God. And there are things in your life that you want to zero in on so God can help you to overcome it by the grace of God. Don't accept everything that the devil is throwing at you with. Everything he's putting on your plate, don't eat it. Don't devour it. It may be good to you, it may be good looking for you, but at the end, it's going to give you indigestion. It's going to give you heartburn. And you don't want that by the grace of God. And see, now, Heaven and Father has empowered us, really, to be able to see and to live in this life just like he lived in this life. And I know it's hard for a lot of people to believe that, but a lot of this stuff is not going to make sense to you until you get your mind renewed in the Word. And because see, in the, in, the, in the book of, I think, 1 Corinthians, we was looking at it this morning, matter of fact, it said a natural mind, look at your neighbor, said a natural mind, will not understand the things of the Spirit. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. You won't understand them. So you can look at something, and try to make sense of it, it won't make sense to you. How can a black cow eat green grass and give white milk? That don't make a lot of sense to you. But it happens all the time. But see, God has a way of us looking at things because the reason you need to be able to have the ability to see spiritually because we are on a journey. We are going someplace. We are not wandering in this world. If you're wandering 
if you're out there floundering around or whatever, that's not God's plan for you. Get yourself in a place, get rooted, get grounded so you can move on with God. You can be like the children is if you want to. You can wander for 40 years and miss and experience some of the promise, but you never be able to experience the great promise, the promised land. And that was all by choice, by the grace of God. We have the spiritual insight to be able to see things by the grace of God. Then I like also what the living Bible says in, in first by Second Corinthians. It says, so we do not look at what, what we can see right now. And what most people are doing, they're looking at what they can see, looking at the symptoms and all this stuff. When I was dealing with cancer and whatever, there was a lot of symptoms. Are you listening to me? There was a lot of feelings. There was a lot of emotions. But what I had to do was I had to learn how to focus in on Jesus. Because I couldn't take any type of medication. When I was in pain or whatever, only person I could depend on and trust was Jesus. God, get me through this. Help me to get through this pain or whatever. But that was so excruciating while you couldn't hardly even sleep at night by the grace of God. But guess what? God did it. Look at your name and say, God did it. If God do it for me, he can do it for you by the grace of God. So don't accept this junk that the devil put upon you. My allergies, my this, my that. That is of the devil. And that mess will cost you down the road as you continue to accept it. And just like Geneva said last week, Grandma taught it and we bought it. We don't want to buy this mess. Because I'm telling you, once you accept it, it's your baby. Once you buy it at the store, regardless of whether you like it or don't like it or whatever, if they're in a position to give you a refund, you can exchange, you can take it back. But some things you can't exchange and you can't take back. So that's why it's so important by the grace of God that God want to do some great things in for, for us so we can be able to move on by the grace of God. So God wants to continue to help us to see and see things clearly. He don't want you to walk around in blindness. If you will, go over there. Um, we are, I can't remember the scri scripture over there. In the, uh, there's one scripture over there. And the, the remember the man about the Jesus led him outside the city. The man at, at Bethesda, he was, Jesus led him outside the city. He was blind. And he couldn't see. And Jesus told him, said, look, how do you see? And he told him, I see men walking as trees. But why would Jesus take him outside the city? Why didn't Jesus heal him right where he was? Sometimes God had to move us out so he can train us and teach us the things he wanted to know. Because, see, being around friends and family many, many times, we don't always get a chance to see things by the grace of God. So many times we need to get from among our friends sometimes so we can see the things that God wants us to see. So, so folks at this particular time perhaps had never seen a miracle. Some did and some did not. But Jesus did not want this man to stay in this, this, this physical condition where he couldn't see. He don't want you to stay where you are where you can't see. He wants you to be able to look at things and being able to make a clear, concise decision what is right and what is wrong? There's a lot of things that's wrong in this world. But a lot of people don't call them right. Because of how they're looking at them. And God don't want us to do that. So, and as a result of that, God wanted to take them away and to avoid distractions. Distractions. Sin is very important. Especially when it comes to spiritual things. And, and when he took him outside the town, and after he asked him, he said, now, how do you see, how do you see now? He said, I see men walking as trees. Then he said, well, he touched him a second time. He said, how do you see now? I can see clearly now. Before you're saved, there are certain things you could not see. But now that you are saved, you should be able to look at what's right and what's wrong 
and make a clear, definitive decision for your life so you can move on by the grace of God. And many people are looking at things, even though it's wrong, they're trying to make wrong right and right wrong. You can't do that. You can, but you're going to end up in trouble by the grace of God. And God has great plans for us, and he wants to do great things for us by the grace of God. So when you go over there to the book of Kings, 2 Kings, 2 Kings, won't you, if you will, turn over there to the 2 Kings, if you will. 2 Kings. Chapter 2 and verse, chapter, chapter 2, um, 2 Kings chapter, um, chapter 6 and verse 15 and 16. And you guys probably are familiar with this story about Elijah. And at her heels out here, a man of God, a prophet, a prophet of God. And sometimes as a person, you have to help others see things they can't see. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody couldn't see something? Then all of a sudden, they say, I can't see that. And all of a sudden, you're trying to do your best you can to try to point out to them so they can see what you see. And this way it is spiritually. If you could really see the plans and the purpose God has for you, I can assure you the church doors, there'll be a line at the church doors trying to get in here on a Sunday morning. But the God of this world has done what? He's blinded the mind of people who believe not the gospel, the glorious gospel. They can't see it. And many people can't see and believe there's a life after this life. They can't see it. Only thing they can see is this life. They believe that this is on, this is it. I know there's one denomination teach that, guess what? Only about 144 is going to enter into the kingdom of God. And guess what? And they cannot, they cannot tell you that they're going to be one of the 144. Why are you going to be a part of that religion? There's ignorant growing the seed is what it is. Crazy stuff. God did not put a head, put a, put a head on your shoulder for you to do nothing with it. Not just for it to be to be able to cover to put a hat on. But he placed you, your head on your shoulder for a reason. He gave you five senses. And as a result of that, he wanted us to use them by the grace of God. And for whatever reason, people refuse to do that. Refuse to do that. Now, um, all of a sudden, the king of Amaran here was trying, was, was making a plot to destroy the king of Israel. And this is why it's so important, is to listen to the Holy Spirit and being able to see things. There's a lot of people in your life is not your friend. They're parasites. They're takers. And they're only there as long as you continue to help them to, to endorse their programs, to promote them, and to make them look good. But the moment that stops, they're gone. As they say in, in, in Korea, they're going to cut a chogi. In other words, they're gone. They're not going to be there anymore. So the king, so Elijah himself was in tune spiritually. Look at your neighbor and say, in tune spiritually. He was able to see things and hear things that others could not hear and see. God is no what? He's no respect to person. All these deals that people are trying to run, run down to you and, and try to get you to get involved in it, if you fall to it, guess what? That's on you. Especially if you're saved. Because you should know better by the grace of God. So, so as a result of that, so the king here, King Amram, wanted to destroy the king of Israel. And so, as a result of that, he got upset. King Amran got upset with his soldiers because all of a sudden, the plot that he had set for the king of Israel didn't work. Look at your neighbor said, didn't work. The enemy is always trying to set plots for you every day. Trying to set plots for you. And we have to be spiritual enough and wise enough to not allow ourselves to walk into it. And so, he thought, King Amran thought that one of his servants had went and told 
the king of Israel about the plot and the plan. But what he did not realize that the, that the, that, that did not happen. I, um, um, what we call, um, is the king here of, of uh, Elijah, God spoke to Elijah and told him the plot, what it was going to be. Reveal it to him. If you are quiet and stay open to God, God will show you things about your family, about your children, about other things about your life that you don't know. He'll reveal it to you if you get quiet and be still long enough. But if you got all this junk in your ear, all this clutter about what you want to do and the way you want to do it and your plans and all that good stuff, you will not hear God when he speaks to you. And then when you walk out there into this stuff, when the devil hits you broadside or whatever, then you get mad, oh, God, what happened? He was trying to talk to you last night when you were doing other stuff. When you was into your favorite movie on TV, he was trying to talk to you, but you wasn't listening. And as a result of that, um, Elijah was able to tell the king of Israel everything. Look at your name and say everything. Everything that Amram was going to do, and Amram got mad. He said, look, we need to go get this guy. If you are walking with God, you are a target of the devil. If you wake up in the morning and don't meet the devil during the day, you can rest assured you're probably going in the same direction. <laughs> Hello. Because somewhere along the way, you, you, you're going to clash heads. And all of a sudden, so Elijah goes out the next morning. He had this little prophet that was with him. He goes out the next morning, and he was, this whole place was surrounded by chariots of fire from Amram. And all of a sudden, the little servant, you go down to, I believe it is in, um, in verse 17. Go down to verse 17, you look down there. That was enough, really, when you see stuff. Look, look at your neighbor and say, when you see stuff. When you see stuff, the devil is trying to get your attention and get your mind off of faith and start looking at the wrong thing. You're concentrating on what you see. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. You can't be moved by what you see because the things you see are what? It's subject to what? It's subject to change. And, and this would get a lot of people in trouble. They get caught up and say, yeah, this is what. But remember, honey, it's going to change. It's going to change. It's not going to stay the same by the grace of God. So all of a sudden, he walks out there, see all these chariots. And then the little lad, the little servant, asked Elijah, said, what are we going to do? Are we going to just be overrun? And then in verse 17, he said this. Elijah prayed and said, ask God to do what? Open his eyes. I thought he, I thought he was already looking at chariots. Not his natural eyes, but his spiritual eyes. That he could see that those that are with us are more than those that are with them. And that's the way you got to look at life. You got to look at it from the spiritual side. And when you look at it from the natural side, this is what causes you to lose hope. This is what causes you to lose confidence. This is what causes you to give up. This is what caused the devil to kick around like you a soccer ball and always bouncing you like a basketball all over the place. And you don't want to do that by the grace of God. God wants you to be able to see when you are being approached what's coming next, what's going to be next. He already knows. They like those songs go, Father knows best because he never gives up by the grace of God. There's a lot of people that see things that, that you can see things that other people don't see. You believe that? And because you see things, that's why people make the decision they make because they can't see it. They can't see Jesus as the Son of God. They cannot see Jesus as the healer. They cannot see Jesus as the deliverer. They can't see Jesus as he is able to supply my every need, regardless of what it be. They can't see God doing that. But they can believe all this other stuff. 
Go over there, if you will, to the book of First um, um, St. John, chapter 1, and verse, verse 20, uh, 28. Anybody remember John the Baptist? You're able to see things that others can't see. And you know what? This is a very good reason why you're getting arguments with people. If you want to be a fool, be a fool. But I'm not going to be a fool with you. If you want to stay ignorant, stay ignorant. But I'm not going to stay ignorant with you. Because why? That's your choice. Why walk in the darkness when we can walk in the light? So here's John the Baptist. By the grace of God. It said that. Uh, so all this happened on the day of Jordan where that John the Baptist was baptizing. John the Baptist was baptizing. Now here Jesus was at the uh, age of 30. 30 was the year that um, was the age that most of your priests and a lot of your Pharisees, that's when they entered to the age of ministry at the age of 30. So he goes to, um, of all the people that were there, they seen, they didn't see Jesus as the Savior. They seen Jesus as Mary and Joseph boy, the carpenter's son. You know how people are, you know, when you first get saved, you know, say, boy, that boy ain't calling no preacher. He's not calling to the ministry. And when I was growing up, I said, that's Marilyn Henry's boy. I remember that boy when he was wearing diapers. Now he called himself a preacher. Really? You can't see who I am because you're looking at me from the natural. You can't see what God has done in my heart that I've been changed. By the grace of God. So all these people was able to see Jesus walking around and stuff like that. But they could not see Jesus and did not recognize him as the son of God. Go down to verse 29. The next day, Jesus, the next day, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, and said, look, look what? Look at the Lamb of God. He was able to see what others could not see by the grace of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. Long as you don't see Jesus the way and who he is, you'll never be able to serve him the way you should serve him. It does not matter how much education you have. And just like when Jesus asked Peter over there in the book of, uh, in the book of Matthew, and over there, I believe, in the 16th chapter, he said, now, Peter... Some say I'm Elias, and some say I'm Isaiah, one of the other prophets. But I need to know from you, who do you say that I am? And then Peter confessed up and said, you know what? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say? Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my father which is in heaven revealed it to you. That's why people make jacked up decisions today because they always are being head led and not being spirit led. And even if you're unsaved, look at your neighbors and unsaved. God still talks to you. Why would you say that, Pastor John? Because he talked to me. I was lost as a ball in high grass. And God did some stuff for me that I know for a fact only he could do it. I tried many times to get engaged with Hilda. And you heard me tell this story many times. I'll tell it again because it's true. And I said, God, if you want us together, you put us together. And I won't serve nobody's God but the devil. See, when you crawl from your heart, call from your heart, God hears your heart. And that's why you can't write people off that may or may not do what you be doing. You can't give up on them. Because while man look at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. And many times people has to be, go through what we call a sanctification. Have to be trained. Have to be mentored by the Holy Spirit. That's why God got the church. So you can come to church and be trained and be educated. So you can learn. And you don't have to walk around 
like a fish all over the place. Going to and from with every wind and doctrine or whatever. A little dab will do you. A little dab will take you to hell, what it will do. That's what a little dab will do. And that's what people are getting a little dab of this and a little dab of that. You need to get away from the dab and get the real thing by the grace of God. And once you get the real thing, guess what? You're going to know it, and everybody around you going to know it. Why would you say that, Pastor John? Look at Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was on his way to Damascus, wild as Buck Jones' pony. Crazy. I'm going to get me some of them Christians, them old tongue-speaking, people that love God. Man, I'm going to get some of them folks. I'm going to get me some today. I'm going to get me some. Then all of a sudden, look at your neighbors all of a sudden. He had an encounter. Look at your neighbors in an encounter. Once you have a deep spiritual encounter, you're never the same. I don't care about all this stuff about being saved and all this stuff. When you have an encounter with God, you're never the same. You're never the same. Something about your heart changes. Something about your outlook in life changes. Something about the way you live changes. The way you think changes. The way you see things changes. Once you have an encounter, you can go through the motion and perpetrate. Say, you know, you can talk to talk, but never walk to walk. Now, I don't care how many scriptures you quote. You can quote 10,000 and we quote from Genesis to Revelation. But until you're born again, not by flesh and blood, but by the Spirit of God, you are not changed. Ask Nicodemus. And Jesus told him, said, Nicodemus, you're a great man, wonderful man, a great teacher. But you know what, Nicodemus? I don't want to break your heart, but I got to tell you, son. You got to be. You must be born again. If you're not born again, you won't even see the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, Nicodemus started asking questions. How can this happen? You know when you're changing, when you're not changed. And that's why a lot of times people say, well, I'm changed, you know, God has changed me, whatever. But look at your lifestyle. Does it line up with what you're saying? Like I sing that song, I know I've been changed. I know I've been changed. My lifestyle has changed. I don't do what I used to do by the grace of God. But God got a great plan for you. And that's why, like, when it comes to John, oh, John the Baptist, he was able to see Jesus in a whole new light. And when you get born again, guess what? You'll see God in a whole new light. Things that didn't make sense to you, they started coming clear to you. I know when, before I got saved, I could sit down and read the Bible. It's just like reading a novel. Because the natural mind does not understand the things of the Spirit. Or their spiritual discern. And listen to me, brothers and sisters, don't give up. Don't give up. If you wasn't born with it, you don't have to live with it unless you want to live with it. If you want to live like, like a fool, you can live like a fool. But you don't, have to, you don't have to live like that if you don't want to. You can change. And there's nothing that you're dealing with right now. Look at your neighbor and say, there's nothing you're dealing with right now you can't overcome. By the grace of God. You are an overcomer because the Bible says if any man or woman be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. How can I learn to be able to see things spiritually and better? I'm gonna share some things with you right now. How can I be how can I be able to see things spiritually and better? Number one. Psalm 119 and verse 30. You got to spend some time in the world. You got to back away from that TV. You got to back away from, from, from friends and family. The devil does not care how you're distracted as long as you're distracted and keep you from the word. That's why you got to be wise as a serpent and humble as a dove. Notice what the scripture said. The interest and the unfolding of your words gives what? Gives light. 
The unfolding gives understanding and discernment and comprehension, comprehension to the simple. That's why a lot of times when people in the Old Testament and New Testament, when it came to Peter and John, remember they said they looked at Peter, they marveled, because Peter and John did not have a Ph.D. It was not a Harvard graduate. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not beating down. If you got one of those degrees, more power to you. God bless you. But let me tell you, when it comes to God, it don't take all that. Only thing you got to do is have a Ph.D. Pass having doubt about God. <laughs> Come on, somebody. God is good. Y'all going to catch up with me one day. Point number two, take time and meditate. Not just read the word, but meditate on the word. Get a chance to let God talk to you. You talk to God, let him talk to you about the word. Remember he told, told Joshua, he said, this book of the law, chapter, chapter 1 and verse 8, he said that this book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth. For thou shalt meditate therein both day and night, that thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then verse 9, it talking about then he'll make thy way prosper, and then you have good success. Who don't want to have good success? Are you with me? God is good. Meditating on the word. Think about what God is saying to you. You run across something, think about it. Sit down and think about it. Meditate on it. And let, let it marinate. You know, just like you do meat. Make it to tenderize it. Let it marinate for a day or so. Make sure you put it in the refrigerator, though. <laughs> marinate on it. Point three. Listen and yield to the Holy Spirit. Listen and yield to the Holy Spirit. He's always talking to you. He's always in your ear. You heard me say this many times. You heard me use the term, some told me this. Some told me that. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. There ain't just something telling you something. And especially if it's good, it's God talking to you. Well, he's trying to get you out of something that you're getting ready to get into that you're not aware of by the grace of God. And he's, he's, he's good for doing that. God does, not want, God does not want to be failures. He does not want you to fall. Romans chapter 6 and verse 19. Listening to the Holy Spirit. I speak this way. Using the illustration of slave and master because it's easy to understand just as you used to be a slave to all kinds of sins. So, so what? So now you, you must let yourself be slaves to, to that all of the, uh, when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Right in the Holy Spirit. So you got an option. You got some choices here to make by the grace of God. One more point, and then we're going to close. This is something that the devil has used for many years. He still uses this trick when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. And I use this term all the time. Speaking in tongues is like this. You can get a high school diploma and live and make a, have a pretty good life and make pretty good money. Without it, without the Holy Spirit. But with the Holy Spirit, like a master degree, a PhD, it gives you more power, give you more access to be able to do things, make you more, um, makes you many times, make you more popular, whatever, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to, to, to society's concern. You become a little bit more markable. That's where you're looking for markable. Make you much more remarkable when you got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Jude, Jude 
in the book of Jude. Jude, I believe, in, in chapter, let me turn over that to that scripture right quick. And one chapter there. Chapter 1 and verse 20. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Most denominations does not like that. They say when you're born again, you got everything you need. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Tell them Pastor John said so. If they got everything they need, then why did Jesus tell the disciples to go into Jerusalem and tear until you, until you get power from on high? If you got everything, he could have told them, said, guess what? Guys, go do your thing now. No. He said, you need this power. And people are arguing the facts. Well, you know, I don't need this. And you walk around you're like you're a dead flower all the time. There's no joy. There's no power. Because, you, because when you're powerless, the devil runs over you. If you don't understand your authority, understand when you pray in the Spirit, it gives you power and gives you boldness by the grace of God. Most people get upset and want to kill you for a day of the week to serve. But when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they don't want nothing to do with it. But that's your power. Jesus received it. Paul received it. And all the other disciples received it. Received it. So why can't we receive it by the grace of God? The baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you're interested in it, pray about it. And you can receive it. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to plead for it. Only thing I do is ask for it, and God will give it to you. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. Life is good, but it always can be better by the grace of God. And that's why the scripture says over there in the Living Bible said, But you, dear friend, you must build up your lives forevermore strongly upon the foundation of our holy faith, learning to pray in the power of strength of the Holy Ghost. All this stuff about all this humming and all the crazy stuff, that's not the Holy Ghost. It sounds good. Looks good. But that's not the Holy Spirit. Then another translation said, in the worldwide English translation said this, but you, my dear friend, brother, must make your lives better in the holy things you believe. Talk to God in the Holy Spirit. I'm a praying in the Holy Spirit. This is your power base, brothers and sisters. When you're born again, the Spirit of God comes in. And if you die, you go to heaven, no doubt. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is entirely separate from, from your born-again experience. It's entirely separate. I don't know about you. If I can make $50, it's sure a whole lot better than making $20. By the grace of God. Being able to see spiritually. And getting ready to close, just like the 12, the, the 10, the 12 spies, when they review, went to review the promised land. God told him, said, listen to me, guys. Y'all think I'm a joke? That I've duped you or whatever about the land I'm going to give you? This is what I want you to do. I want you to pick out 12 men of your choice, of your choice. Go over there and check it out. Go over there and see it. Review it. And not only that, but bring back the fruits from it. The fruits, the grapes were so big. Look at the neighbor said, it was so big. It took two people to take, uh, to, to carry two racks of grapes. It was so big. And this is the land that God promised them. And the point of it is, like I was saying earlier, the ability to see spiritually. So they went over there and stayed 40, look at your neighbor said, 40 days. Not 40 minutes, but 40 days. Long enough for them to sleep, eat, talk, discuss, and everything they want to talk about for 40 days. 
That's right around a month and 10 days. A month and 11 days, it depends on if you got 30 days in that month. But it's over a month, you have a chance to go down and review the promised land. And then after you review it, I want you to come back with, a, with the report that you saw. And when they came back, they looked at what God promised them, but they could not see what God wanted to give them. They couldn't see it. And as a result of that, they started to come, they, instead of talking about the good things that God had done, you know how we are. We talk about what the devil has done. We praise the devil, but we don't talk about what God has done for us. So when they came back and they had an opportunity to get a report, out of the two out of the ten, saying, you know what? Man, this land is good. We can take it. Remember God told them, said, look, when the Jebusites, the Hittites, the Havites, and the, the Amakites, all of them come against you, don't worry about them. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry about it. Because God got you back. So they came back. Not God's report, but their own report. And that's what people do. They don't give God's report. When God healed them and do something great for them, child, I was lucky. They around the friends now, the spiritual friends. Child, I tell you what. I tell you what. He, he was just. He, he, I, I was just one lucky person. Now he won't lucky. You're blessed. The man upstairs. He he did some pretty good stuff for me this time. He helped me out on this one. I know how we're going to do it. The man upstairs. Bless the Lord. So they come back. Stand before the groups. The groups. And give the report. And all of a sudden they begin to give the report. And Caleb and, and, and Joshua say, man, we can take it. But the ten say, you know what the ten say? Man, away. Man, they got giants in the land. In our eyesight, we look like grasshoppers. See, when you have no spiritual insight, everything looks bigger than really, they look bigger than God. But I want to let you know, there's nothing you're dealing with is bigger than God. Nothing you're dealing with bigger than God. If God puts you there, he's able to take care of you there. Only thing you got to do is just wait on him. Then all of a sudden they start complaining and get confused, discombobulated, and everything about what they see. Listen to me. They weren't going to the promised land. They was in the promised land. They was there. They was there. And that's where it is. God bless people, do great things with them and great things for them. Put them in the right place. Set them up. Do great things for them. And then let the devil talk them out of it. Do it all the time. And the thing about it, God said, no problem. All of you that complain, you're going to go back in the wilderness and wander for 40 years, and you're going to die off. The only ones going to make it into the promised land are your young children. But you got to go. Because you can't see spiritually. You refuse to see spiritually. You are tied up to this world. You're so, you're so, um, so earthly bound to the point where you know heavenly good. You're jacked up. And as a result of those ten, those ten, all they, those, those ten, um, ten spies, and all they represent, every last one of them died off in the wilderness. Now, th th think about it. Just think about it. 2.5 million people. That's a lot of folks. But guess what? It don't matter. The devil don't care how he deceive you. I definitely get ready to play something. We get ready to close. He don't care how to deceive you. As long as you miss the mark that you can't see God spiritually. It's like all the stuff that's going on in the world. 
People can't see the hand of God is moving. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. People think, man, this is the apocalypse. It's over. Go get your water cans. Get your barrels. Get ready. Because this is the big one. I'm telling you, that's a lie from the pits of hell. When the time comes, God will let us know. And people want to get into, into theological battles about who's going to come first. Listen to me. It don't matter when the plane shows up at Huntsville Airport. If I'm at the gate waiting, guess what? I can get on the plane. If you're ready, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to continue to walk around like you're lost when you got God on your side. By the grace of God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. God is good. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. We thank you for what you're doing. Father, help us as your church to see more of you spiritually. Father, help us not to be carnally mind, but to be more spiritually mind, Father, than we are. And then not to look at the things which are seen, because the things which are seen are on the temple. They're going to change. And Father, for many of us don't realize it, they're already changing right in front of our eyes, but we just can't see it. And help us not to get caught up in all that, but to continue to look unto Jesus as the author and finish of our faith in Jesus' name. Right where you are right there at this, this moment, I want you to just pray for yourself. Just ask God. Say, God, help me to be able to see clearly. I miss you on some things. I've hit some things. But I don't want to miss it, but I want to always hit it. Help me not to be so impulsive and to get ahead of you and get all my opinions and all my advice from friends and family and not talk to you. Don't get me wrong, God, that you placed them there for a reason. Well, you are the author and the finisher of my faith. You have given me your Holy Spirit to lead me, to guide me into all truth. Not only that, but also to show me things to come. Father, we love you. We appreciate all the great things you do. Jesus' precious name. Amen. Is God good? All the time, God is good.